Once again, to rediscovering your passion and purpose with Patty. I am your host, Patty Stulen. I am the Chief Pathfinder of Pathways with Patty. I am once again very excited and very happy to introduce to you today's guest, Cece Gabrielson, who I affectionately refer to as Cecilia Marie. Cece and I met in the late 80s. She is the wife of the, my dear teaching buddy, Rick Gabrielson. And through Rick, I got to know Cece. Many years later, Cease and I taught together at Granite Hills High School, where Cease was one of my leadership advisors, and our friendship grew and blossomed from there. I consider Cease to be my sister. As you are learning from my previous podcast, my goal is to bring people to share their stories and how they have overcome difficulties to rediscover their passion and purpose. I am so happy that Cease is here today to share her incredible story with us. Cecilia Marie, it is terrific having you here today. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm well. Thank you, Patty Ann. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know, over the past 30 years, you and I, we have experienced many of life's tragedies and triumphs together. Uh, I know you have a particular part of your life story that you would like to share with our audience today. So with that said, why don't you go ahead and, and take our audience on your journey? Okay, sure. Thank you. Uh, just a little bit of background. I've been in Southern California all my life. I was um, born and raised in Torrance. Uh, then we went to Fontana, where my father moved there as an administrator. Um, went to Cal State Fullerton, earned degrees in kinesiology, as well as a master's in education, specifically counseling. Uh, from there, it brought me up to the high desert, which I thought I'll stay a couple of years in 1981. And uh, within a couple of years, I met my late husband, Rick. And uh, yeah, we started our family here, got married and started our family. And I wasn't leaving because Rick was raised here. And he has um, half siblings in different places in the world. Uh, but he has brothers and sisters right here in the high desert uh, because said he was born and raised here. Um, he made his friends family. So anyway, yes, we married in 85, have three darlings, uh, a daughter and two sons. And um, when the baby was five months old, um, Rick was bit or stung by something in our backyard. We had just gotten home from a great vacation at the beach with friends and he's working in the garden. He was only 40. And he said, you know, I feel kind of lightheaded. And I said, you know, you're an old man. You've been working in the backyard. And uh, he said, no, something's wrong. Call my dad, which his father's Dr. Gabrielson. It's only a mile away. So I'm explaining it to Ron on the big phone, you know, oh, yes. Yes. 94. <laughs> <laughs> holding yes. the phone. Well, Rick isn't feeling quite right. And he said, yeah, he's probably dehydrated. Right then, Rick said, call 911. And we're on the grass in the backyard. We're on an acre here. Uh, but he was setting up the garden for summer. And um, yeah, they, I called 911 because his breathing 
it was uh, strained. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, they were here within five minutes. They ended up intubating him. We went over to St. Mary's, the local hospital, spent one night where they called all these different poison centers. They had no idea what he was bit, stung by. Um, you know, he was very fair skin like me. So he had garden marks like this, but didn't see any bite. Oh, after the night, they sent him down to uh, Loma Linda where he, this was Holy Thursday, by the way. Oh, this was Holy Thursday when it happened. Um, and he opened his eyes a couple of times, but we spent the week down there. And then after Easter Sunday, um, Monday, each system started failing and yeah, we lost Rick died on that following Thursday. So walked out of the, out of Loma Linda after spending yeah, a little time there after he died with my three babies. Uh, Joe was five months, Ricky was five and Katie seven years old. And, and once again, um, they still did not know what he was bit or stung by, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yep. They, they don't know. He didn't know he was bit. Um, anyway, before we left Loma Linda, they asked, and he was a donor, organ donor, so signed all those papers. And I was with a friend, Carol. And um, as I'm signing the papers, the woman with the clipboard says, you know, I need to tell you something. You're going to be okay. Because I have the stroller and the two kids and thinking my world literally just turned upside down. Mm-hmm. She said, you're going to be okay. And I can hardly breathe. Say, okay. And she said, let me tell you a story. Well, real quickly, she had a two-year-old, was married to a cop. They're in bed. They think they hear a prowler. He backhands the baby into the two-year-old, into the closet, kills his daughter. Oh, my gosh. Within the week, he shot and killed killed himself. So this woman lost her entire family within a week. So we were walking out of Loma Linda. I know. Oh. She was like a a little angel sent to me to say, you really are going to be okay. But Mm -hmm. I walk out in the stroller thinking, I'm the luckiest woman. I have three babies here. I have three children. (laughs) They're going to keep moving. Um, But yeah, that was a huge change in my life. I had a very easy upbringing, loving Irish, Italian, Catholic family. There are eight of us. And um, my life was easy. We were middle-class folks and uh, became difficult overnight to move forward without my love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you get, when you get to that point, because of course that is not part of what your game plan or vision for your life is, Uh Uh I mean, that's a major roadblock that would stop many people in their tracks and decide, I mean, unfortunately, like this police officer decided that was a big enough roadblock. He was ending his life. Mm-hmm. And that is a big mission of this podcast is to let people know that there are going to be bad things or tragic things happen in our lives. But learning from people like you on how do we take that roadblock and then we move on beyond that to continue to live a life full of passion and purpose. So what were the steps that you you took after that, knowing that you have three children, where do you go from that point? Mm-hmm. Well, I um, wanted to make sure we stayed in this home because I you know, read plenty um, about losing a parent. 
and for my kids to have that constant and the constant was school. Um, but even more than that, the connections, connections Rick had made, the connection that I had made, because by that time, see, I moved up here in 81 and then he died in 94. So I didn't have family up here. And um, what I ended up doing is just the same thing. My friends were my family and having one-on-one -on -one connections, having groups uh, to connect with small, really little small community at that time, um, I think saved me because mm -hmm. that was the first time I understood that AA term one day at a time because it, it really was, okay, how do we do today without Rick? How, right. how do we move forward? How do I make sure these three little people are going to be okay? And I, I felt that, I was going to say a huge responsibility, but it wasn't a heavy burden. It was more, I always wanted to be a mother. Uh, I asked for them. So it was more of, this is fulfilling a calling of mine, uh, is continuing to be their mother. Can't be a father. I don't think like a man. I don't act like a man. So I wanted to continue to be their mother and surrounded them by wonderful people, the school they were in. Like I said, just small communities of people, me learning, learning, learning how to ask for help because I was that uh, person that had the calendar, you know, this is olden days, <laughs> calendar on the refrigerator. And I had it color coded because I had to know who was going where and what time I was picking kids up. Uh, so I didn't lose a child. Yes. <laughs> be that irresponsible mama. Yes. So I had to ask people for help, which I wasn't used to doing. I was very independent. I bought my first home alone uh, before Rick came along. And, um, you know, I learned really quickly, can't do it all alone. Not successfully, yeah. not, not so everyone's moving forward. Found I needed people in my life and I chose, I chose well. Um, and I chose Christian loving people, mm -hmm. not necessarily a person that went to a church or a member of a church, but Christian people to be around. Mm-hmm. Now, if I remember correctly, you you created a little journal type thing for your children to help them through this process. Could you please tell everybody about what it was that you created? Yeah, I was just journaling as part of actually my counseling. Um, when I was at St. Mary's, they assigned uh, Giovanna Piazza, and uh, she was my counselor. And then I stayed with her for a while to learn how to navigate moving forward with three little people and anyway uh, she suggested journals so I did I kept notes on all the really words of wisdom from the babies from my kids that would say different things um, you know watching daddy in the clouds and how they were dealing with it on their own um, so I wrote those things down and um, I put it in a booklet form called my daddy died too because my oldest was at Rio Vista and the principal called me and said I have a new student so this is only one other student in Katie's class that was going to be from a single parent her parent this little girl's parents were killed in a car accident mm. so the principal asked 
can I have Katie talk to her and welcome her to our school? Of course. And so Katie sent her a note and said, my daddy died too. And they've been friends. But this tells you the difference in our community and the changes since 1994 that everyone in her class, it was mom, dad, sister, brother, you know, mm -hmm. the, the family unit. And I was the oddball widow out here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I felt that oddball sometimes. And I have my faith. I've always trusted and God has shown me, he takes care of me. Mm -hmm. He is taking care of each one of us. And did you find that, that your children responded well to, the, to that particular journal that you created for them? They did. They did. They actually, when they got older, I showed them what I did. And uh, they were the ones that said, you know, put it in a workbook form and maybe we can share it with, there's a, you know, the Sunset Hills, the big grief group um, for children that's available now because there wasn't any group up here then I did have them go to counseling with me mm -hmm. um, appropriate for children and again that was a Christian counselor make sure we we're all on the same page mm -hmm. so so what advice or what what words of wisdom would you give to our listeners that may be out there right now who may be in a situation where their loved one uh, their significant other may be going through a dying process or they have lost their loved one, whether that be male or female, what would be some words of wisdom that you, you could share with those people? Words of wisdom would be uh, seek a counselor, a therapist. They're trained. Um, they're there to support you. And besides that person, seek a group of something you're someone you're something you're interested in so you're with a community of people that think like you you know whether it's a church group or a gardening group or you know if you're into photography hiking find something where you belong in your community so you have a purpose and develop relationships if you haven't already you know you might have those connections but call on them and you know i have a, a friend that her husband died about 18 months before mine and she'd say Cece I don't care if you call me at 2 a.m I will wake up for you and Joanne meant that and I I don't forget it because I've shared that with others so I wake up at two o'clock in the morning sometimes that happens anyway mm -hmm. and, and it's not it's it's a positive to ask for help you know first of all you're saying I'm worth it I need help Second, you're giving that other person on the other end an opportunity to love you. Oh, and that's yeah. exactly what it is. Give them the opportunity to love you and, and let yourself be loved. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, mm -hmm. um, going along with that, uh, you know, I, I had had uh, from personal experience, I had had loved ones that had passed away in my family, but it wasn't until my dad's death that I really took that, as you know, because you were there yes. with me on yes. that journey took it very uh, hard. And um, I know that with the hospice group that he was with, they offered uh, free grief counseling. And it was so, it was interesting because I know I shared this with you. I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, do this because I, I wanted my mom to do it because I wanted to make sure that she was good. I, I'm not thinking I need it. Oh no, not me. 
but I knew that she wouldn't go unless I went with her and I took her. So I was like, I'm going to do this for mom. And um, I, I will have to say the first couple of times I'm thinking, I don't really know if this is, this is my thing. Cause everybody is sharing their stories, you know, and it's like, this is supposed to help me here in their stories. And my mom and I ended up being in that grief group for two years following my dad's death. And I can honestly say that in some respects, it saved me mentally, spiritually, and physically, because it let me deal with all of those, those grief, those grief storms, especially. And I know one of the areas that you played a very big part in our school district was the, uh, was the, the crisis team in. So if you wouldn't mind sharing what that was, how that got started and what you were able to do through the school district with your crisis team. Sure. Um, I was at, with Apple Valley and when Rick died, um, there wasn't any system in place. He also worked at Apple Valley High School. And so so that's how you two were friends before I came along. And mm -hmm. uh, it's really nice that you, you have that foundation with him. Um, but the superintendent, principal and then superintendent, Dr. Barnes, realized we don't have anything in place. These teachers were aching. Uh, how do we cover their classes when they're physically breaking down his students, his students that this was, it was heavy. So anyway, he called together a group of us. Uh, there were five of us, a counselor, and then just teachers from different walks that may have had their masters in counseling or, or did not just had an interest and really passionate about um, helping people heal. So we created a manual back then that we end up updating every single year. And the manual dealt with crisis, whether uh, it was a student, staff member, uh, somebody in our community or within our district. The crisis team would go into that site, go in and work with those teachers, go in and work with those students to start the healing process. You know, it, it is just managing the crisis at that moment and um yeah we did that for oh gosh over 20 years uh the, the team changed a little bit over the years um but it is it's powerful to be prepared it's like insurance don't want to have to use it i don't want to be in a car accident but i have to have mm -hmm. insurance mm -hmm. and you know we never wanted to pull that manual but in time of crisis you're not thinking straight. Sometimes your heart is just aching. Your brain is foggy. So this gave us a list check by check of exactly what we needed to do to make sure our students and then our staff members were going to be okay. I think there's quite a few people that, that seem to think that in order to get some, some kind of counseling, uh, that, that it's going to cost money. But I know that you know that there are resources that are out there that will not cost a person hardly for free or hardly anything. Isn't that yes. correct? Yes. Even yeah, for free or on a sliding scale. And you know, that that's one of the pluses with our high desert growing, even here, uh, there are different groups for different age groups at different times in your life. And I was 35 years old and the grief group I went to, there were all these grandma and grandpas where mm -hmm. I am now, <laughs> but <laughs> it didn't pertain to my life at that time. Now there's groups and there's, you know, there's groups through churches, through the community center that, that are free. 
and they're, they're valuable. And, and, and with technology the way that it is, because you didn't have all this technology when Rick passed away that we have now, I mean, it's very, it's much more simple to Google either grief counseling or, or, you know, and it doesn't even have to be related to grief. It could just be you yourself or having a bad stretch of a time, correct? Because yes, exactly. I, I mean, that uh, one of the other parts of your story I'd like you to share is how you went from being a physical education teacher to a counselor. Yes. Yes. So uh, when I first started here, I had, I was at Victor Valley High School. It was a wonderful counselor, Philomena Shea, and I loved the way she worked with kids. She was a mom of many. I think they had seven or eight. But anyway, I went and got my master's then in 81. Didn't, I was going to say didn't use it, but I guess all teachers use counseling skills. Um, but I did not become a counselor until 2004 at Granite Hills. And, uh, you know, it, it's there's different aspects in counseling, of course, at a high school with educational, you know, their future counseling, uh, the emotional counseling. And now, since I've retired, they've added so many more branches because of COVID, which is nice that there's funding there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I worked through counseling and with kids, which deals with parents, you know, their families. And often there were staff members in my office, which I welcomed. There, there needs to be a place for staff. There's a lot going on in schools mm -hmm. and your staff needs to be taken care of. Oh yeah, most yeah. definitely. So I for those, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say I did that, yeah, 2004 until um, I retired in 2019. Which again, I know this is, you know, our you have pathways that you talked about in repurposing. Mm -hmm. Not to flip it off of grief, but that was a huge change too. Sure. Former. Yes. You know, the retiring after really 40 years in education. Um, had a great words of wisdom from lots of people. I, I watched my friends that retired a little bit earlier and thought, oh, how they're doing it successfully successfully or not so much and I measured that success on happiness and joy mm -hmm. um so yeah I listened to the words of wisdom and it was just enjoy that first year sit back somebody invites you somewhere go do it you know you're not on a schedule and that's huge for people in education because we're used to bells, oh, bells yes. ringing and moving we were dictated by a schedule yes yes so yeah, that, that first year I did, and I love to travel. So I got to go to Spain the month of September, came home, had all the wonderful holidays. And then in spring, everybody came home with me because COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So there was that lockdown. Um, and, and again, yeah, I, I found myself looking to where, where's my purpose now? Nobody needs me at work to kill my children or adults. I'm enjoying grandchildren now. And I, like I said, I'm enjoying loving them and busying with them. I don't want to be their daycare five days a week. So where's my life now? Mm -hmm. And sometimes cursing Rick because he was here. We've been doing lots of stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that whole reinvention of, and I think with COVID, a lot of people were right there with me. There were tons of free workshops online uh, whether they're exercise classes or how to garden or uh, 
my Bible studies I really got involved in and uh, finding courses on quantum energy that fascinate me because we're made up of energy mm -hmm. and all of that has to do with healing body and soul. Sure. That's something you know that I did. That's what I. That was my line of work um, with crisis counseling, with grief counseling. So, um, yeah, that's another pivotal point in my life. Uh, they kind of have to sit back and say, hmm, "Okay, I wish I could just travel all the time, but realistically, what do I need to do? What do I want to do?" Right. Which is just fun to have that opportunity to you know thank god yes not all for your, of us get to for your many blessings yes yes so so when you look over your life when did you realize that you had a passion for helping others hmm. that's a good question i don't know it might sound funny but i think when i was a little girl i'm number four out of six children mm-hmm and um, my mom always told me I was, she may have told all of us this, but I was just the easiest child. <laughs> um, but the middle child, I was the buffer. I, I felt that in my family. Um, I wanted things to be nice and, and smooth. Mm -hmm. Buffer between the three older kids and the two younger. And, and then as I find with my friends, as I was growing up, same thing. And I always wanted to be a teacher. Did you? I, I always wanted to be a mother and a teacher. Mm -hmm. And those are helping professions. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Yeah, I, I just thought it was such an honor to get to do both. And even as a little girl, I wanted to be a mom. I saw my mother. She was amazing. Patty, my mom had a high school education. That's it. And she's one of the wisest people I know. Mm-hmm. There's so many things I know I've shared with you. Yep. That she taught us, modeled for us. And I wanted to be like her. Yep. Exactly. So so it started for you at a very early age and, and you continue to carry that on even through retirement. Yes, I do. I do. I, I notice with my friends, that's who I am. You know, our siblings have changed a bit. We're in our from 62 to 72 now. Um, and there's different health issues that have come up. Now there, there, I, I still would like to be helpful there in smooth, smoothing over things that, um, you know, with health issues, everything changes, mm -hmm. especially when you're not given a date of death, but a terminal illness. Yes. Um, for anybody that's listening, anybody, make sure you have your life in order. Take care of your paperwork. Um, you want your wishes. You want your wishes to be yours. To you get to make those choices until you can't. And we all have dates that we can't. Yep. So there's a, online again. There's wills, living trust. Uh, whether you have things, you know, a house or anything, just take care of. Take care of your paperwork. Take care of your life. Uh, to me, I think it's one of the selfless things a person could do. I 
kind of felt like I was forced to do it early on, Patty. You know, when Rick oh, yeah. died, oh my gosh, I've got to find if something happened to me, I've got to see who's taken one, two, or three children. Mm-hmm. I had to have that in, in, you know, lined up and in place. Um, and of course, as things as they got older, I've just updated all of that. Um, but it's peace of mind while we're still here on Earth that mm-hmm. we got to make these choices. We get to decide what we would like after we transition. And and even with my Bible studies, I will tell you, I've changed that end of life to third trimester because oh. we transition, I believe, my beliefs, we transition somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, our energy changes. We don't have this physical body. Right. So just like having a baby, that there's new life somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's more than a belief. To, to me, it's just unknown. It, it's just a known that this is how it's going to roll out. Mm-hmm. Well, I know when when I over this past year, when I have discovered my my true passion and purpose really is about uh, motivating people to live their best dash, as you know, uh, it, it kind of stems from a, a program that you were very involved with me uh, on our campus called Every 15 Minutes. And for those of you out there that have never heard of this program before, uh, it, uh, I believe they still have it. And it is sponsored by the California Highway Patrol. And at the time that, that Cease and I learned about this program, uh, in the state of California, every 15 minutes, someone in the state died from a drunk or distracted driving related accident. And in this program, it's several days at your school and your leadership students and whatever adults that you can get to help you out, put it on. Uh, the day number one, <clears throat> excuse me, you're you're doing a simulated uh, drunk driving car accident out in the front of your campus. And the kids have been, uh, the beautician students from our local junior college came over to put makeup and stuff on our kids for the ones that died in the accident, the ones that survived but were injured. And through that, the, we bring all the juniors and seniors out and it's right before uh, all the year end activities happen with prom and graduation and grad night and all that because that's when the teenagers tend to do more drinking, more partying, celebration. Yes, Cisco, you got and something to add to that there? because we, it's a, a given for us, but parents have approved. Parents have been notified. They have yes. to sign everything. So these kids that are involved. And these kids are all handpicked ahead of time that are involved in this program. So yes, they've signed all the documentation and all that good stuff. But through this process, uh, these kids that are killed in the accident, and then we have a Grim Reaper, another one of our wonderful staff members, Josh Reese. He played the Grim Reaper and designated students knew that they were going to be tapped on the shoulder by the Grim Reaper because the rest of the day after the car accident, every 15 minutes, the bell told on our campus that let everyone on campus know that someone had just passed away. So Josh and his Grim Reaper outfit would show up tap a student on the shoulder, let them know that they had passed away. These kids didn't know what period or what time it was going to happen to them. But those students were then brought back to my classroom where they uh, they had a, a, a styrofoam a headstone that they had to decorate. And on the headstone, of course, they had to put their name, date of birth, the dash mark, and then the day, that day's death because that's when they had passed away. 
So through that process, it created the, the lesson that I did for all of my students uh, that, that came to being living your best dash. And what Cease just mentioned before I said this about getting your affairs in order, because Cease, as you know, it was totally unexpected in your 30s that you would be a widow with three children. And it was so unexpected for you that I know myself, some people find it morbid, but I have already bought my plot. I, I own a little bit of land out there at Sunset Hills Mortuary. I have my plot. I have my casket. My niece has my funeral arrangement. She has my will, executor of the estate. And it's been that way for several years now. And there are several people that find that really. But, you know, when I became a, a, a life cycle celebrant and I started officiating funerals and weddings, but with the funerals, with some of the families I've worked with, there have been couples that they have been married for like 40 and 50 years and the wife did not know, did the husband want to be cremated? Did he want to be uh, put in a casket? Because they had, they found it very taboo to discuss this topic. And I think it's very important that we are honest and open with our loved ones. One, so everyone left behind knows what that person wanted, doesn't create any issues. And I'm sure as a counselor and in your own family and working with other people, you have probably seen that that is one of the things that tears people apart after the death of a loved one. Uh -huh. Yes. And, you know, we uh, put Rick up there at uh, Sunset Hills also. And my seven-year-old at that time got to create our headstone. So, you know, it has Rick's birth and death and it has my birth and I'm living my dash. Um, but I remember Chet hit saying back then, if there isn't a plan, people spend so much more money because you're in an emotional place when somebody dies. Oh, maybe we should get this bench. Maybe we should do the headstone. Maybe we should. And and if you have that discussion, to me, it's it's really healthy, mm -hmm. and it doesn't make death taboo. Death doesn't have to be a horrible place. No. You know, like I said if we if you have it, I don't know what beliefs are, but I know mine. I get to transition to a heavenly place, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. It it doesn't have to be a horrible activity of completing forms. A little bit of paperwork, a little bit of time. But they're your wishes. You've you've done everything you can. And then when I'm gone, the world moves on. Well, and the other thing, too, is you know that by doing that, your children don't have to wonder what it was that you wanted. And they don't have to argue with one another, fighting over, well, she would have wanted this or she would have wanted that because that tears apart so many families. I yes. have seen that, that yes. you, you don't, it's a bad enough experience as it is. You don't need any more aggravation added to it. And, and, and Cease and I are not bringing all of this up to, to be morbid or be depressing. This is, this is part of life. This is all a part of living your best dash because finding your passion and purpose should also be a part of creating your legacy and your legacy, you know, even though that dash on your headstone looks like a very small, insignificant line, it represents your life here. And it represents how long your legacy continues on based on the seeds you planted with people and places and things while you were here during your time. And one of my messages, as you know, Cease, is it's never too late to create a legacy that you can be proud of. 
So right. I know that as a counselor, especially when you were counseling uh, teenage students, many of them, when it comes to you asking them to set goals and intentions for their life, they can't even see past this next weekend, know. you know, let alone know. think about, you know, their, their future. Yes. So, so, so one of the things that I'd like to ask you is, you know, what, what words did you have for those kids and what words do you have for the people in our audience that, you know, if they just have, they're at a roadblock and they just don't know where to go or what to do first, what are, what are some suggestions uh, that you have for, for, for helping them to move forward and not stay stuck where they're at? Right. Like well, I couldn't do this with students because I was in a public school, but with anyone else, I would, if you have any form of prayer, faith, start there. Um, because I do believe we have to continue to evolve with our passions. Life changes. You know, it was huge change when I was 35 and then moving through kids growing up. Retirement, another huge change. It would have been really easy to get stuck there in COVID. But mm -hmm. I made some choices. Uh, one thing that uh, Giovanna gave me this is back at St. Mary's Hospital, 94, and I still have it on my refrigerator. Choose joy. And it's a, it's a poem about choosing joy. Uh, we get to choose. Do I want to just stay stuck in COVID and I'm going to stay home? Or are we going to start paddleboarding on a lake where we could be <laughs> safe, <laughs> distance with social distance, and get the opportunity to move and socialize? Uh, so for anyone, I do think it's important to remember to evolve. Well, you know, I don't want to be stuck where I was at 35 or even 55. Mm -hmm. I want to move forward. And part of that for me is definitely having things written down. These are my wishes. Oh, and by the way, shared them with all five of the kids. Two of the kids are married. Shared it with all five of them. This is mom's book. <laughs> this is the way it will roll out. Don't try to mess with me when I'm gone. Because <laughs> even was back then with students uh, and family deaths, or now, like you said, people are raw. It's it's heavy when we lose a person we love. Um, and we'll even say when we lose a pet that we love. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to think straight. So... That's when the arguments come in. But if everything's written down, we're like, oh, this is what mom and dad wanted. This was the plan. We want to respect that person. And so if it's written down, it's not morbid. It's loving to me. Mm -hmm. I think it's a kind, loving gesture. And um, yeah, for anyone, I, I really push putting things in writing. There's plenty of things online. I really push connecting with your community, whether it's mm -hmm. a paddleboard community because mm -hmm. we have quite a few of us now mm -hmm. um, or it's a church community whatever works for you right. but finding that passion you know something that you did that helped our group out and I don't know if you realize in your schooling this last couple of years mm -hmm. um, you you had us walk through those steps of setting short-term goals Oh, yes. And, you know, I said, sometimes kids in school are like, short-term goals, right? I'm going home and having a meeting when I get home. <laughs> and our long-term goals. So, Patty, I took those out this morning because I knew we were going to chat. And I thought, am I on target for what we discussed? And 
right on. I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just helps to refocus when you had, we had a small group and I know you do these small groups or you do one-on-one. It's very simple and it's nothing you push. It was no. my thoughts. Oh, what would I like? And I just wrote them down and kind of timelines. It was short and long-term um, goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took them out this morning. I, went, I am right on track. You know, I want to do more with spiritual healing with Reiki. I wanted to learn more about you know the energy in our body, uh, more about gardening, more on more. I want to get deeper into my Bible study, which I have uh, become mm-hmm. more active member. So you get an opportunity to do a one-on-one with Patty or do a small group. I think we had maybe a group of there were less than 10 of us, right, Patty? Yeah, I think there I think there were six. I think there were six people. Okay. And and with my groups, I like to try to keep them smaller than 10 because if yeah. you get too many, but it is nice to be in a group because you can hear what other people are saying. And sometimes like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's a really, you know. So yeah, it it was really good. And I think each of you fed off of each other very, very well and helped supported each other. Right. Right. And I don't throw those things away. And I, I have gone through a lot since I've retired, a lot of paperwork and (laughs) notebooks that I didn't need to save anymore. But now this is all about me. I mean, Mm -hmm. really it's, it's not even, yes, of course, my children and grandchildren and my friends, but it's about me and what I want to do and how I want to do it. And so I have new notebooks, I have new files, and I'm not going to throw that away. Mm-hmm. You know, something like a, a course like this, a, a group like this, just keeps you on track. Yes, it, it helps every single person. If you choose to give just a little bit of time and energy, it's going to help you move forward. Move, yeah, live in that dash, as you put mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I say evolve. And continue to evolve till you transition. Yeah. Well, you know, and the other thing too, I know uh, from experience, because one of the other things that I had you guys do was take those short and long-term goals and create a vision board. Because sometimes having that vision board is just another way for, for you to reinforce with yourself what it, you know, are these my passions? Are these the purpose of what I want to go towards? And I know on my own personal vision board for this year I put on there that I wanted to get a new puppy uh, because some of you that are listening out there know but the majority of you don't within a two-month time span uh, two of my dogs uh, passed away which was very very tough because um, my fur babies those are those are my children so one of the things on my vision board for this year was to get a new puppy somewhere for for the uh, in 2023. And right now it, it, it does not look because of the one dog that I still have left because of issues that she's having with depression and grief. Uh, it does not look like the vet thinks that that's a very wise idea to get a new puppy. The reason I bring this up is just because you put something on your vision board or you created a goal does not mean that there will not be things that happen throughout the year that are going to need to change the things on the vision board. That doesn't mean you failed. It does. It, it, it's just a little bit of a setback, maybe. Uh, it, you could change it. You just take it off, or maybe there's something else that comes along. Um, See, so having. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? That that that's okay. Yeah. Not everything you write down is is going to come to fruition, and that's okay. Right. Right. And maybe not in in his timeline. 
uh, you know, sometimes, why didn't that happen? Why didn't that happen? It's not going to happen yet. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned pets because that's very real with grieving and, you know, picking up a grief folder or, you know, something online could help people navigate the loss of our fur babies. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, life is going to, I'd say, you know, it's like riding that wave. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's times when man, you are going to crash, but if you have all these other things in place, it's a foundation you're not going to stay with your nose in the sand very long once you crash in the wave. You have yeah. the foundation of community around you, of your regular habits to move forward. Um, with our vision boards, I put mine up in my bedroom. And uh, I learned years ago, set a morning intention. Set a morning intention. And that does take you back, take me back to, you asked, so what about people that, they don't even get the short and long-term goal. Start with a morning intention. When mm. you wake up, and this is the beauty of retirement, you don't wake up with an alarm and go, 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 run, run, run. Uh -huh. Wake up and you go, hmm, what's my intention today? Yeah. Oh, should I think about this over coffee or tea? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but just having that habit, that's setting short-term goals. Sure. And yes. It, it doesn't have to be a huge intention that, you know, I'm going to get the garage cleared out it could right. be it could be i'm going to write thank you notes to people that's mm -hmm. my intention for the day and and starting there with something simple so that's a short-term goal yes that i mean that's a, a really good point i know our friend krista who is still teaching uh she said that there there was a day that she was she got up that morning and she set the intention that she was not going to let anyone steal her joy because that kept happening over and over. So that was her intention for the day. No matter what came her way, it was her intention that no one was going to steal her joy. And I thought, how, how simple of an intention, and yet so difficult at the same time, because we know how we can get very upset and, let, and allow someone to yeah. steal our joy. Yep. But, but doing that first thing in the morning, what a great intention to start yep. for your day. Yes, it is. And, and so if you have that habit, when the wave crashes or crap goes down, um, it might be a couple of days that you stay down, but eventually you're going to turn and wake up when you wake up and go, hmm, you're in that habit. What's my intention for today? Yeah. You know, and some yeah. people like to write things down that like said the vision board so you can see it. We're different types of people and learners. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. however you need to do it, talk about it, write it down, have it right there in front of you so you can see it and share it with people. And I should, and I should also verify, share it with people that, you know, are part of your tribe, uh, th that are going to support you in this, because we all have people in our life that are going to, as I, I famously say, are going to yuck your wow. Do not let them yuck your wow. And that means, you know, you go to the, oh man, you know, I've got this great idea. I'm going to start a podcast. And then that person would go, why in the world would you want to do that? That is a stupid idea. Well, they just yucked my wow. I'm going to go and share it with people in my tribe that I know I'm going to, they're going to be honest with me, but they're also going to be supportive. So sure. I think that's another important thing is when you create your intentions or you create your goals share it with people because that's another step in bringing them to reality. Yes. Yes, it is. 
and and for me, I like to share it also because it helps keep me accountable. I like oh, to be yes. accountable. Yes. So I, yes. I do to tell you when I shared with my youngest, who's now twenty nine, what I was doing today. I said, Patty has a podcast. <laughs> he gets online. I said, "What are you doing?" Letting Brittany know right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your students <laughs> are going to be spreading the word. <laughs> Patty has a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right on. But it is share the joy. Why not? There's a lot of ugly out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ugly out there. And we need to share our joy. And and I know that is what the universe wants. That is what sure. our God wants. He wants us to have the joy in our heart. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to ask for it. The more we do that, the more we share with people, that just becomes a given. That this is our conversation. This is what we talk about. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, I I just wrote uh, uh, my next week's newsletter that goes out. So those of you that are out there, if you've not been to my webpage, make sure you sign up for the newsletter because I send out a weekly newsletter. But uh, this one that I just wrote yesterday, the title of it is um, Your Tribe Determines Your Vibe. And I feel very blessed that you are part of several of my little tribes that we are in. But I mean, wouldn't you agree that the, the, the people that you, the eight to 15 people, the Oikos as our church calls it, uh, the eight to 15 people in the front row of your seat, your life, they are the ones that really do can help you uh, create a positive or negative vibe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Make, you get to choose. We get to choose who we spend time with. And that is something that I also find in this third trimester I'm pickier. Time mm-hmm. is very limited and choose who you want your tribe to be, your people, your chosen family. You know, I, I didn't, you were not born with my mother and father, but your sisters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I am honored and I believe it's not coincidental. You know, no. This is how we have listened to his plan and how it should all play out. Mm-hmm. So my next question for you is, what would you say has been the best thing to happen to you since you retired? Mm-hmm. You know, I will say having the freedom to see my three grands. I have three granddaughters that are two, two, four, and eight. So they're all at different stages. And the joy, I know I heard it so many times before I became a grandma, but the joy I get from them, my heart fills up. It re-energizes me uh, just spending time with them. You know, it was limited when I, when I worked. Run down because they're an hour, hour and a half away, maybe two hours, depending on traffic. Uh, run down there, you know, have a quick visit and zip home. And now it's spending the night, one of my grands. One of my granddaughters each time wants me to sleep on her pillow because then she won't wash it for the week because it smells like grandma, like we're snuggling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how amazing is that? They they want to FaceTime with me. That's yeah, having those three little people. And again, I've listened to my friends that have been grandparents longer than me. Soak this time up, soak it up because they become teenagers and they get their own life. Mm-hmm. So I, I am soaking that up. Um, and then I will. I, I, the other thing that I'm passionate about is getting out there on the paddleboard. 
-hmm. It is like church sometimes, you know, you and I talk about, we walk and talk, Mm -hmm. paddle and talk, or sometimes we don't even talk. It's just a spiritual experience. Yeah. And we've got all morning to do it. We're not waiting for that next bell to go off. Yeah. Well, and, you know, taking the opportunities, because one of the things that I also mention is to create that passion and purpose in your life. Sometimes we have to overcome our own self-doubt, self-talk. And I know yesterday morning we had planned you and I to go out on the lake and I just kept thinking, oh, but I, you know, I probably shouldn't go because I got to take care of this and I got to get ready for that. And I got to do this. And the list went on and on and on. And I thought, nope, you, you, you need to go do this. You know, you need to go do it. And when the day, when the whole thing was over, it reminded me that if I did not, if I would have talked myself out of that because of all these things that I needed, I thought needed to take care of, I would have, number one, missed out on spending some special time with you. Number two, would not have had the opportunity to see Marie, our other friend who was on the lake, which we did not know about. And number three, meet a new person that I think will become part of our our rad little retirement group. And then the unbelievable thing of getting to see a bald eagle in a tree right there on the little beach shore area (laughs) that we had heard that there was a bald eagle here in the high desert, had never seen it before. And we just sat there on our paddle boards and canoes and just just admired nature at its grandest i would have i would have missed that if i would have stayed with the negative thoughts that i woke up with because i had things i had to do yep and 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 i'm so glad that that i took the opportunity that you offered by going out on the lake and now those are those are that's just one example of what i would encourage those of you that are out there listening right now do not let that little negative talk be the loudest voice that you hear when you start your day. You know, look for those other things. And if it doesn't seem to be quieting down, reach out to someone in your tribe and just have a talk with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things that I happened to mention in one of my newsletters was during COVID, and you've brought up this several times about how it kind of changed uh, things for us mm-hmm. with walks and talks, but We found out it was very, very important to make human connections with people. And we were able, luckily here in the high desert, to be able to do that, to go out on walks where we could still stay socially distanced. We could be out on the lake. We could, uh, you know, get our group together in a park someplace and sit socially distant. But um, there was a gentleman in a summit that I had seen that he was in a little tiny apartment in New York City. And, you know, they, when they were locked down, they were locked down. They could not go anywhere. And what he started was with a group of his friends, the first 15 minutes of every morning, they would Zoom and they would talk for the first 15, they would talk for 15 minutes about the things they were grateful for. Each one of them would share what they were grateful for. And so that set their intention for the day because yes, doom and gloom, because it's COVID, they can't leave their apartments, they can't get out and do anything. And what did they do? They connected first thing. And he said it changed their mindset for the entire rest of the day. I mean, isn't that awesome? It, It really is. It really is. I'm sure they look forward to 
having that connection each morning. Yes. And, and with technology, that is something that we really need to take advantage of that, you know, of reaching out and just saying, you know what, I'm having a bummer moment here. You know, can you help me out? And you don't even have to do it through Zoom because maybe you're not looking your best or whatever. Mm-hmm. Send out a text, a, a phone call, any of that, you know? Yes, I, I know. During during COVID, another um, group of friends uh, started that uh, once a w- once a week because they were really locked down. Others were, I mean, I say really, lo- we were locked down also, but I'm on an acre. I can go out back and garden all I want and have mm-hmm. vitamin D. And um, But anyway, we did Zooming. And so it does, it didn't cost any money. We, we Zoomed. We knew each Wednesday we were going to. Uh, there were five of us. And each week, somebody came up with three different questions to ask. So, you know, we started with the simples, I would say simple, but what, what are you grateful for? What are you looking mm-hmm. forward to all of that? But we, over the year we did this, we got into some really deep conversations and there's another tribe, another group of sisters that I have that know me inside and out from simple, something simple that somebody decided she wanted to do and we participated. See, that's so, awesome. And you don't need to have COVID or anything else to do something like that. You can do you can do that at any time. And if you feel comfortable with two, three other people, oh my gosh, I mean, how yeah. how wonderful. Yes. Yeah. It wow. gives your life purpose. Yes. Because uh you, you know, you see that often. I, I see it more in, in retirement because I'm talking to more people that are retired. Some people don't feel that purpose at all. Mm-hmm. Like you will even say. Don't know why I get up this morning, which I can't imagine. Right. And that's when they need to reach out for somebody like Pathways with Patty to help them out <laughs> to rediscover yeah. their passion and purpose. And yes. I don't I don't mean to sound flippant about that, but no. those are the type of people that I want to be able to reach with this podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, there is light at the end of the tunnel as long as you're willing just to make one little phone call or, or get on one little website and sign up saying, yes, I would love to zoom with you for 30 minutes and talk with you or just reach out to anybody. There are resources that are out there. Yes. Yes. And it's um, really about loving yourself that commit to yourself. You are worth it to Mm -hmm. spend that time to move forward. Yep. And I've said this before and I will continue to say it as to quote my friend, Brenda Susie, Self-care and self-love is not selfish. Yeah. Yeah. We were raised to, as, as women and little girls, we were raised that, oh, girls, you, you know, you don't want to be selfish. You don't want to be selfish. That's not a horrible thing. Taking care of yourself so you can be available for other people. And again, that goes back to his plan, you know, to, to me, our, God's plan, the universe's mm-hmm. plan. How mm-hmm. beautiful if we take care of each other, if we honestly love ourselves and love each other and have that alive in our life makes it much sweeter, much easier to set intentions and to have that foundation, that whole set the foundation. So, so when the crap does come along, it's easier to move, move forward. Oh yeah. 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 Easy. Yes. Okay. So my next question to you is what would you say is the best advice that anyone has ever given you? Gosh, Patty, I have been surrounded by awesome people from my parents. 
Um, I, I love the, the poem, Choose Joy on the Refrigerator. I don't know. I don't know that, ha that I have a favorite. I don't, I don't know that I have a, you know, the number one that really sticks out. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, in retirement, people like you told me to sit back for a year and absorb and, and you do. And, and with that time, reinvent yourself. But I think I have to go back to my mother that uh, she just loved unconditionally. Mm -hmm. and, and, and those words of wisdom have kept me alive and happy Absolutely. and an active person in our community. I know it sounds simple, but it's it's heavy and powerful. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So what would you say is your superpower? I think that's it, Patty. I think that I genuinely love. I know when I first started in counseling, you know, there were some that's like some people that would say, oh, Cease is the love counselor. <laughs> oh, how horrible is that? You can call me that. I don't care. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people are harder to love, and some people have made challenge made it challenging for me. And you know what? That's not horrible either. That teaches me more about myself. Mm -hmm. Helped you to love. grow. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I think that is my superpower. And I, I would totally it agree with it that. Feels good. I love to receive it. I love to give it. <laughs> yes, I would totally agree with that. Is definitely your superpower. So. Uh, in a nutshell, how would you say you are living your best dash? Right now, I'm living my best dash passionately. It, it feels good to have the time to get into the things that I am interested in. So the passion, you know, it does bubble and boil and have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And you are definitely, I'm witness to it. So yes, you're, you're, you are living your best dash. You most definitely are. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> are there any final thoughts of words or wisdom that you would like to share with our audience? Um, love. <laughs> you know, uh, there aren't any final words. I appreciate you asking me to do this because when you first asked me, I, I left you and I thought, what did you want me on there? <laughs> what, what, what would I have to say? But I do have things to say. Yes, you do. And uh, yeah, so thanks for asking me. It validates me and uh, just a reminder of where my priorities are. Mm -hmm. And and going along with that, Cece, you, you're an exact example of why I wanted you to have beyond a guest on my podcast, because you have overcome some very big challenges that many people will never, never experience. They'll experience their own challenges, but it's helpful to hear the challenges that other people have had and how they have overcome them. And that is something that you have definitely done, which is another reason why I love you, because you are an extreme example and remind me that, you know, there is going to be stuff that's going to happen in life, but learn from the experience and move forward to make it the best that you possibly can. So thank you so much for that, my sister. I greatly appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you. So thank you, C's, for being my guest today. 
And uh, as I said, you continue to inspire me. And I know that you have inspired our audience today to rediscover their passion and purpose as well. And for you out there listening, I'd like you to remember to subscribe to this podcast and invite your family and friends to also subscribe to it as well. And don't forget to go to my website, www.pathwayswithpatty.com. Excuse me, it's .org. I wanted it to be the other, but it wasn't available. So it is .org. And remember to sign up for a Zoom. Uh, if you want to talk with me for 30 minutes, it's free to do that. Uh, and let's talk about your passion and purpose or maybe lack of one or looking for one, whatever the case may be. And uh, also, let's get you on the email list so that you can uh, receive my weekly newsletter with Pathways with Patty. And you'll get that roadmap, too, of giving you some examples of what you can do to get on the right path to living your best dash. So until we meet again, continue to live your best dash, knowing that life's an adventure and I want you to enjoy the journey. So let's remember your life matters. It's never too late to create a legacy that you can be proud of. So with that, I say thank you for joining us and God bless you all.